So just one more day. Just one more day, and then Donald Trump is out of office. It's crazy when I think about the last four years, in particular, I mean five if you can't, like all his campaigning and all that, but four years where it's just been nonstop stress and anxiety and uh, anger and frustration about the person running the country. Like our government is not good. It's never been good. It's always been bad, but it's never been like this. And I am so looking forward to not thinking all day about the president of the United States. Like these are government employees. They should, you should not be thinking about them all the time. And like, not just thinking about them like, wow, what a great person, but thinking about them like, are they going to possibly start a nuclear war today? You know, or who are they going to oppress or, or fuck over today? Which is, you know, it's a weird thing to say about the government because that's like what the United States does. It oppresses and fucks over people. But yeah, no, two more days, two more days, the 20th, which is the 18th today. So two more days and, uh, and he's out, which is now it's like the most dangerous time there's ever been these last 48 hours where it's like, what is he going to do? What is his last play to stay in there? Does he, has he built a secret army? Is that why he pardoned like those Blackwater guys? And is he, are there that many of his supporters inside the military and law enforcement that they'll, they'll fight? Because the National Guard has been authorized to use lethal force uh, on inauguration day, inauguration day. It's like, it's so crazy to look at these photographs and videos from DC right now. It's a war zone. I mean, there's just barricades everywhere. There's, you know, full-on military. If that doesn't tell you the state of this country, I, I mean, nothing will. So we'll see. Uh, hopefully it all goes smoothly. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to not thinking about it so much and just holding them accountable. Like, I don't want to be terrified of what they're going to do. I just want to hold them accountable. I want to vote for the people that do a good job, vote out the people that don't, you know, excuse me. I want to write letters and protest and donate to the causes that need those things still. But I don't, I don't want to constantly think about what is this motherfucker going to do? And Biden is already like being a leader, like actual leadership to talking about helping people already putting policies in place, talking about his day one, actions to get people money to get people relief to you know roll out vaccines to make a mask mandate like it's already like yeah this is the shit that should have been happening just with like anybody in office would have done these things um so it is very i don't want to talk about this shit anymore i don't want to think about it so much anymore not completely like we all need to be on our government's um back making sure that they're doing what they're supposed to do and what they need to do and all that stuff. But, you know, the, the cabinets are already more progressive. Like they're not all white men. They're not all white women. You know, there's people of color there. I mean, it, it is hopeful. And what is most hopeful is motherfucking Bernie Sanders is the, what is the title? Chairman of the Senate budget committee. Is that what it is? Bernie Sanders. Yeah, is that right? Said Senate Budget Committee. Senate Budget Committee. Yeah, he's, so he's a chairman. So he's going to be making the decisions about where our budget is spent. Finally, a socialist. Finally, who will put money into education and health care and, you know, clean energy, moving the country forward. It's so crazy to me that there are half of the country is not just like opposed to moving forward, but they're fighting to not move forward. Imagine fighting against people wanting enough. Like imagine fighting against somebody saying like, Hey, I would like 
enough to survive and to be like healthy and and just having a base level of happiness. Imagine fighting against that. What kind of person are you? And there's millions of them, millions of them. It's fucking nuts. You know, and it's like that mindset of like middle white America. I mean, that's predominantly what all this is, is really crazy. They They really feel like they're having something taken away from them. That, that is actually how they feel. One of the biggest um, rifts that, like, or what began the biggest rift between my father and I, there was a handful of things. Um, I mean, outside of him not being around for my life, but like, there were a handful of things that started like being like, okay, I, I just can't, I just can't with you anymore. Um, and it started on September's, 10th 2016 I know that because he sent me an email wait no it didn't start with this it started before this it started before this uh when my son was born so let me back up my son was born in 2015 March of 2015 a month maybe two months between one and three months after my son was born, my dad came out to see him and um, his first grandson. And uh, he spent a lot of time like looking at his phone, being on Facebook and shit. And then we went out to go get food. And on the way back, he's telling me a story about something that my grandmother had done she went to go get a car wash or something like that and she was having trouble she couldn't figure it out it was like automated something or other and he's telling the story and then she he goes like so you know she looked around and she grabbed the first mexican she could find and asked him whatever this and that and i wasn't like mean or aggressive i just literally asked him like why did you say it like that like what why did you say she went and grabbed the first mexican why did you one what does it matter what his nationality is. And, and two, like you said it like it was like, he's not as good. Like it's bad. Like all she could find was some Mexican. And why did you say it like that? And he's like, I didn't say it like that. I didn't mean it like that. I was like, you know, I've known you a long time. I've never heard you say, so she grabbed the first white he could, she could find. I've never heard you say that. And I told him like, what you said is racist. Like you, or it's bigoted. And he was like, I'm not racist. I didn't say that. I was like, that's what you said. And like, I'm not mad. I'm just pointing it out to you. Like, and don't get me wrong. Like, I was upset, but I wasn't like, I wasn't, what I meant by I'm not mad is I wasn't screaming at him. And like, I was trying to get him to actually hear the words that he was saying and, and understand why it's not okay. Like, you, you weren't painting a picture that like, because this man working at this car wash was Mexican, like he had an accent and she couldn't understand. That wasn't what you were saying either. You were just saying she grabbed the first Mexican she could see, she could find. And like, my grandmother didn't say this. My dad said this. So I'm trying to get him to understand, like, and uh, he starts pouting, like legit pouting. I'm driving back, I get home and uh, mind you, he's there. And again, I was upset, but I was like, you know what, I'm not, this is not why you're here. And I know I'm not going to change you with this conversation, but hopefully with more conversations, you'll, this is what's going on in my head. And I told him like, it's racist what you said. I've never heard you describe a white person like that. I've never heard you tell a story where you said something, 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 grab the white guy. And also the tone and context of this is negative. By virtue of the fact that this gentleman was Mexican, it's bad. That's what you're saying. So we get back to my house and he like goes outside in the backyard. And he's out there for a while and I look out and he's like at the other end of the yard. And I was like, hey, what's going on? He comes back in. And he's like, you know, and he's like tearing. He's like crying. And he's like, you know, I, you know, I, I guess what I said, what I said, and maybe I should just take my racist ass back to Idaho. And I was like, okay, I mean, you're here to see your grandson, but do it, do whatever you want. 
as I told him, like, I, I wasn't yelling at you. I was just trying to point out what you said and let you know that it's not okay. So he fucking pouted, whatever. Um, I want to say, no, that had been a different trip. So then a year later, I get this email. I'm going to read it to you. I have it right here. Now, this is the mindset of, this is the mindset of middle America, but also middle America, white men. This is what, so I get this email, September 10th, 2016, 6.19 p.m. And it's a forward from another one of his friends. So it's like his ignorant friend sent it to him and then my dad was so jazzed up and and it spoke it resonated so deeply with him spoke so loudly to him that he needed to send it to me and it's on a group like like a lot of my family's in this not that I have a big family so it's like five people okay I used to think I was just a and it's entitled regular guy I used to think I was just a regular guy but I was born white, which now, whether I like it or not, makes me a racist. I'm a fiscal and moral conservative, which by today's standards makes me a fascist. I'm heterosexual, which according to gay folks, now makes me a homophobe. I am non-union, which makes me a traitor to the working class and an ally of big business. I am a Christian, which now labels me as an infidel. I believe in the Second Amendment, which now makes me a member of the vast gun lobby. I am older than 55 and retired, which makes me a useless old man. I think and I reason, therefore I doubt much that the mainstream media tells me, which must make me a reactionary. I am proud of my heritage and our inclusive American culture, which makes me a xenophobe. I value my safety and that of my family, and I appreciate the police and the legal system, which makes me a right-wing extremist. I believe in hard work, fair play, and a fair compensation according to each individual's merits, which today makes me anti-socialist. I believe the defense and protection of the homeland for all and by all citizens, which now makes me a militant. Please help me come to terms with the new me, because I'm not sure who I am anymore. I would like to thank all my friends for sticking with me through these abrupt, newfound changes in my life and, and my thinking. I just can't imagine or understand what's happened to me so quickly. Funny, it's all just taken place over the last seven or eight years. As if all this nonsense wasn't enough to deal with, I am now afraid to go into either restroom. This is the email that my dad sent me. Before I get into that, I'll just read my response. And I replied to everybody. That is one of the most ignorant and most ridiculous things I've ever read. My dad emails me back. Really? You should read more. Not even a modicum of truth in there? Anywhere? Just a teensy bit? No, I said. Not at all. Well, maybe. I mean, 40-plus-year-old white men have had it really rough in this country. There needs to be someone standing up for the decades of oppression they've faced. And then I said, and none of that garbage was even true. And then his last response, which I didn't respond to, there are none so blind as those who will not see. You should stand up for the 60-plus-year-old guys. They are subject to such elder abuse. Just another day in paradise. Later that year, um, one of my best friends died. Was it that, that year or the next year? I think it was that year. Yes, it certainly was. Later that year, like maybe a month after this, my best friend died. My dad happened to be out here. Like he came out to do something in Arizona with my grandmother and then he drove through LA. I saw him a bit, like a day or something. The day that he was leaving, he stopped by. I had my son with me. And uh, my best friend had just died the night before. So I'm seeing him in the morning. And he's about to leave. Like he's going to drive back. And I told him, he asked how I was. And I said, I'm not good. My 
best friend died last night. And he said, this is the first thing he says. He goes, how old was he? That's the first thing he said. How old was he? I told him, you know, he was 34 at the time, I think. 34. And he goes, ah, he didn't earn it. Meaning like he was too young. That's his response. Ah, he didn't earn it. I am sorry to hear that. You know, I can't find my iPod. I've been looking all over for my iPod. That's what he said. His son tells him that last night his best friend died suddenly. And his response is, I can't find my iPod. So looking at this email, it's nonstop self-victimization. Like, I was born white, which now, whether I like it or not, makes me a racist. No, the fuck it doesn't. It does not make you a racist to be white. What the fuck are you even saying? Like, what this is saying is that acknowledging the racist history of white culture in the United States has forces you to acknowledge racism, systemic oppression, racism. It forces you to acknowledge it. And just by virtue of that fact, he can't do it. So then just because I'm white, I'm a racist. Nobody's literally nobody's ever said that. I'm a fiscal and moral conservative, which makes me a fascist. No, no, it fucking doesn't. And what does that mean, fiscal conservative? What do you think is fiscally conservative? Just like not spending money on what? Because everybody I know that has labeled themselves a fiscal conservative is okay with spending endless amounts of dollars on war, but not on education. A moral conservative. Again, no problem sending children overseas to murder brown people. No problem. But like, you know, don't show cleavage or your midriff or something like that. I don't like that. I'm heterosexual, which according to gay folks makes me a homophobe. You know what all my gay friends tell me all the time? Graham, because you're straight, you're a homophobic. They say that to me all the time. We talk about it constantly. What gay person has ever said, because you're straight, you're homophobic? I have so many gay friends. I've never once heard that come out of their mouth, ever. They've never hinted to it. They've never alluded to it. I've never read it on the internet where gay people are talking about issues I've never heard anybody say, well, you know, straight people are homophobic because they're straight. Did you know that? Never heard that. But again, here it is here. This is, this is how they think. This is how they feel. I'm non-union, which makes me a traitor of the working class and an ally of big business. That's almost a true statement. Like, there's a lot of corruption in unions. Full stop. There are. There is. However, the purpose of a union is to help the working class against exploitation from big business. So, and listen to how this is phrased. I am non-union, which makes me a traitor of the working class. Non-union is not the same as like being anti-union. What This statement is contradicting itself. Like, I'm a Christian, which now labels me an infidel. I mean, what the fuck does that even mean? Now, look, I've made no secret of my atheism. Um, and not only that, like my uh, opposition to organized religion, in particular the Christian religion. I mean, you want to talk about bodies. Nobody's got bodies like Christians. Nobody. Rape, murder, genocide, child rape. Just extermination of culture and replacing it with your own. 
mind control, torture. Nobody's got it like the Christians. They fucking lead the charge. But in this country, it still says in God we trust on our money. They, They say, God bless America. Like, what are you talking about? I believe in the Second Amendment, which now makes me a member of the vast gun lobby. No, it doesn't. I believe in the Second Amendment. I believe we should have the right to bear arms. And I do. I am a gun owner. But I don't fetishize guns. They're not a part of my identity. It's a tool for a job. I have lots of tools. I have hammers and saws and drills. They sit in the cupboard until they're ready to be used. And if I don't need them, they stay in the fucking cupboard. These people who like fetishize guns are so disgusting. So fucking disgusting. It's just a tool. You should have learned that the first day you held a gun. My grandfather taught me how to shoot when I was a kid. First day he said, this is not a toy, it's a tool. He says, it's fun to learn how to shoot, but there's no reason to do it unless you have to. He also said, anytime a bullet leaves a gun, it is your responsibility. Wherever it goes, whatever it does, that's your fault. So you respect it. And that's that. So I have guns. They sit in boxes. That's it. I don't put stickers on my car. I don't wear shirts with them. Act like you've fucking been there before. And where is your belief in the Second Amendment? Owning guns does not make you a believer in the Second Amendment. Like just by that fact that you own guns. Because all I ever hear these gun-toting people talk about is not protecting themselves from the government. It's pulling them out on Black Lives Matter protesters and Talking about, well, if I was in a store and somebody pulled a gun, I'd shoot them. So it's just some bullshit Rambo fantasy. Again, it's fucking nonsense. I am older than 55 and retired, which makes me a useless old man. That sentence is what this whole thing is about. This whole mindset. You're sad that you think of yourself as a loser. You're sad that you feel, you personally feel no self-worth. That's what you're upset about. And that's fine to be upset about that. That is a painful thing to feel about yourself, that you have no value. That's what this whole thing is about. You feel you are a useless old man. It's not true. Even if I don't like you, you're not a useless old man. Here's the reality. There's no use for anything or anyone. All of this is temporary. One day, the sun will explode and the earth will die. A slow, frozen death. Everything you've ever known will disappear. It'll be gone. There's no legacy. It's just a matter of scale. Because you're close to the timeline, you think there's something for you to do or have a value. That's not true. Your purpose is to find purpose. That's it. Nobody knows what comes after. Nobody knows what came before. We just don't know. We can't know. That's part of the journey here. So you feel useless, and that sucks. That's sad. And I hope that you find some value within yourself other than making other people's lives worse. Does that make you feel less useless? I think and I reason, therefore I I doubt much that the mainstream media tells me. Okay, Snowden, where do you get your information from? I'll wait. What is, is Fox News not mainstream? 
Really? And they are on court record as saying that they are an entertainment program, not a news channel. That's how they can get away with saying lies. These are court records. They've been sued so many times and they always say, like, we're an entertainment channel, not a news channel. Look it up. This is not fake news. This is not alternative facts. What does that mean? I think and I reason, therefore I doubt much the mainstream media, but you doubt with the mainstream media, but you don't doubt when the mainstream media tells you that when the president says Mexicans are coming to rape you, that you accept? So you doubt anything that is not in favor of white superiority. That's what you doubt. But anything that is in favor, you just soak it up. This is this is this is what I what I'm here for. This is true. That's what you're really saying. I am proud of my heritage and our inclusive American culture, which makes me a xenophobe. What heritage? Seriously, what heritage? I don't know. I I honestly know very few white Americans who know about their heritage, meaning like they know about their ancestors that came here from somewhere else because that's 100% of white people here came from somewhere else. A lot of them are Irish. I don't see them. I mean, Irish people have a culture. I don't see the Irish people here being cultural or celebrating their heritage other than wearing green and getting drunk one day a year and saying that they're Irish. Or if their ancestors came from England, I don't see them celebrating English culture or heritage. So what is American heritage exactly? And even listen to the sentence, I am proud of my heritage and our inclusive American culture, meaning I'm proud of my whiteness and I'm so glad that my people included all of these little other people. That's what that's saying. I'm proud of my heritage and our inclusive American culture. So your heritage, which is white, and then the fact that white people included non-white people. That's what that's saying. And it's not even true. You could say, what you, I think what he meant to say was, I am proud of my heritage and my ancestors' exploitation of non-white culture. I think that's what he meant to say. But that makes him a xenophobe, according to him. I value my safety and that of my family, and I appreciate the police and legal system, which makes me a right-wing extremist. Listen to that shit. I value my safety and that of my family. Meaning, like, if you don't support the police and the legal system, you don't value your safety and that of your families. Do you see this bullshit? Like, this hyperbole and false equivalency and just um, self-victimization. That's what all of this shit is. That's the mentality. That's what you're up against. I value my safety and that of my family and I appreciate the police and the legal system which makes me a right-wing extremist. No. You can support the concept that there should be some sort of law enforcement, but what are those laws? Who were they made against? Who do they target? If you support the, the concept and the system of police and, and legality, then great. Shouldn't you be upset that that same system is murdering unarmed people in their homes and in the streets? Shouldn't you be upset about that? Isn't that what your Second Amendment is for? Not to mention that the police and prison systems in this country started when slavery ended. And the laws were in place that if you didn't have a job, you'd be arrested. If you did this, you'd be arrested. And who are the people without jobs? Ex-slaves. What happens when you go to prison? You have to work for free. What was slavery? I believe in hard work, fair play, and fair compensation according to each individual's merits, which today makes me anti-socialist. Meaning that if you help somebody, I don't like that. No. You got to do everything yourself. See, me, I was given everything by myself. I mean, I, I took everything by myself. Nobody gave me anything. I, I got it all by myself. 
That's what that's that's saying. I believe in hard work. Oh, fucking good job. Nobody else believes in hard work but you, sir. Fair play. Yeah, nobody believes in being fair. Like, you know, you wouldn't want to, re- you know, to recognize the fact that, like, black and brown communities across the nation have no money put into them. Like, that's, you wouldn't want to think about that, right? Because I mean, everything's fair. Everybody has equal everything. So where you grew up, because you're white and you're so proud of it, the government put money in the system there. Cops weren't just pulling you out of your car, or your home. But again, fair, 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 fair. And fair compensation. So the fact that like workers all, regardless of, not even regardless of race or ethnicity, because that's actually not true. Workers all over being exploited. CEOs are making billions while employees are on food stamps. That's fair compensation. You buy into so much of your oppressor's propaganda that you believe that someone who sits at a desk sometimes should have more than they could ever possibly need while the people who produce the product or service that allows them to sit on a desk have nothing? And who doesn't believe in hard work, fairness, and fair compensation? See, this uh, is this, that false equivalency and, and extremism. Like, I believe that things should be fair, that you should work hard according to each individual's merits. Meaning, like, if you don't believe in that, you're worthless and you shouldn't have anything. Here's the thing. Everybody should have enough. Even if they're not pulling their weight, they should have enough. It's not going to be completely equal. It's not going to be completely even. Some people are going to work harder than others. Some people are going to contribute more. That's just how it goes. That offends you so much. And it's like like you're contributing so much, right? Like you're doing so much more than everybody else. Really? I have no problem with people that are homeless having access to homes, having food and water, even if they're not waking up and going to a job they hate all day, every day. I'm fine with it. It makes our world better. And there are enough people working and pulling their weight based on their individual merits that it shouldn't bother you either. So you want to destroy society and make it worse and unpleasant because of a handful of people who, for whatever reason, don't have enough? I believe in the defense and protection of the homeland for and by all citizens. Who doesn't believe that? This is you justifying the fact that the U.S. government is a global tyrant, that we are the fucking empire. Because if you researched even a little bit, you would understand that we just go to places, bomb them, murder them, take their stuff, destroy their government and replace it with a dictator who answers to us, who then, you know, in 10 or 20 years, we will go and kill and pretend like we're heroes. And that's why you're militant, because you believe that it's okay to do that. Please help me come to terms with the new me. And then, funny, it's all funny, dot, dot, dot. It's all just taken place over the last seven or eight years. What happened in the last seven or eight years? Obama. That's what this is saying. That's what this is saying. That all of this progress, that all of these like inclusion and acknowledging our terrible history... This is just because of that dark-skinned Muslim guy in the White House. That's what that's saying. That's the subtext there. It's barely subtext. It's basically just text. Funny. It's all just taken place over the last seven or eight years. That's what that's saying. This is 2016. And in the last sentence, 
as if all of this nonsense wasn't enough to deal with, I'm now afraid to go into either restroom. Is afraid? You're afraid to take a piss around women? You're afraid to take a piss around other men? What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? I, I, I mean, you just, you're afraid of transgender people. Why do they scare you? What's scary about them? I don't know. I'm not scared of them. I, I don't understand. What are you afraid of? But that you just had to throw that in at the end. As if all this nonsense wasn't enough to deal with, I am now afraid to go into either restroom. So you were going into women's restrooms before, and now you're scared because there might be a man in there? And you were going into men's restrooms before with other men, but now you're scared because there might be a woman in there? I don't understand. What's the point you're making here? What do you think is going to happen in a restroom that you're so afraid of? I won't get into more of my dad shit. I'll talk about that another time. But like there was more after this, like when he came here and we had it out and I, that was, you know, years ago. I haven't really talked to him much since. Um, I mean, it's worse, than, way worse than, than this email of what, uh, when we met. But yeah, that, that's, that's the mentality of the Trump supporter, of the, that type of middle America. That's, um, that's what's going on. That's, that's what, that's what you're, that's what you're facing is like just irrational self-victimization being used as a weapon against you. Like that's what it is. It doesn't come from a place of logic. So when you try to logic and reason with them, they, they can't. If someone could not acknowledge their faults calmly and realistically, and it, you will never be able to communicate with them. It's just how it goes. Doesn't mean you shouldn't try or be open to them when they come around. You should. But until then, they can't have a seat at the table. If we're all steering the ship and one person is just constantly setting steering wheels on fire, they don't get to be there anymore once they've calmed down and they're ready to participate and I'll be on the same page let's go forward then yeah let's go let's do it while you know being kept a watchful eye on but yeah I think about that email all the time and just I was so fucking shocked like I knew my dad was like conservative, you know, a bit ignorant on things and a little bit racist. But I didn't know it was that. So, yeah. So, anyway, I watched uh, WandaVision, new Disney Plus show about um, Scarlet Witch and Vision. There's two episodes on Disney Plus right now, and I'll say this. I was three minutes and 11 seconds into the first episode, and I thought, wow, this is going to get so fucking dark, and I love it. It's, uh, it's done like, like a sitcom from the 50s. So it's very like I Love Lucy, Bewitched, I Dream of Jeannie type vibe. Um, you know, Americana, you know, fake smiles and all that. But, you know, because she is, they, they don't come out and say this, but, you know, it, there are cracks in the seams, so you kind of see it happening. But she's creating this fantasy world to live in, uh, presumably because she can't cope with the fact that Vision is dead um, as a result of the events of uh, the Infinity War storyline in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But it's so good, man. It was, like, really fun to watch. 
totally unique. It has its own tone. There's nothing else in Marvel that is like this. And they're taking a big swing. Like they're trying something very, very different. And I also got really like big Lost vibes from it. I don't know if you guys like Lost, but I love that show. It's so good, so weird, so bananas. And like, you know, like the best type of soap opera that is just madness. But it has like a really beautiful heart to it. And that's what I got from here too. Like when things start to kind of break, like she'll hear a voice that's like, Wanda, what are you doing? Or she'll see something coming. It's in black and white in the beginning for the first two episodes. It goes to color at the end of the second episode, um, which is also great. But like, you know, something in color shows up and it has like little Easter eggs about, you know, logos on it or whatever. It's, it's a show. I love shows that have mystery um, and abstract uh, I can't say abstract storytelling because the storytelling isn't necessarily abstract, but abstract um, delivery of a simple story. I love that. And this is that. And I'm very excited to see the rest. Um, the show has a massive budget, so everything looks great. And, I, you know, in TV, it's... It, you know, it never has that type of budget. It's always kind of rushed and done quickly. So a lot of the times things don't look as nice as they could or should. There are exceptions. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it was a lot of fun. I'm really excited to see more of it. And also like I, I grew up watching those shows. I Love Lucy, Andy Griffith, you know, all of those shows. I, I grew up with them. Bewitched, I Dream of Jeannie. I got, I love those, you know, what you'd call now Nick at Night shows. Um, so it is cool to see it in this context where it's also, there's magic and, you know, superpowers and stuff. Um, but the way it's structured in the show, that's not what it's about. And they're actually like hiding it. Like they know that they're, they have these powers, but they hide it and try to exist in the world. So it has that bewitched thing happening where it's constantly like trying to hide the funny stuff that's going on or like justify it using some really lame excuse that people just buy super dopey and silly. It's very fun. I'm excited to see more of it. Um, I hope it holds up, you know? Yeah. So I, you know, check it out. I don't know enough about, um, I don't know enough about Scarlet Witch and Vision from the comics. Like I've never, I've seen, like I've, they've been characters in other comics I've read, but I've never read one of their stories, but this kind of makes me want to. Um, but, you know, I do know, like, both of those characters, Scarlet Witch and Vision, in particular Scarlet Witch, they're, like, their power is like, you know, Professor X, Dark Phoenix level type of power. Like that, they can bend reality, they can go in your mind, they can do so much. Um, so it's very compelling, which is also kind of like a part of the problems with comics, right? Like you go in the Marvel universe, there is Professor X who can literally go inside the mind of anybody in the world or all of them at once. He is the most powerful mutant. So it's like when you go, okay, the fact that there's any problem is now stupid because this guy exists and he could fix all of this. It's just like in, in DC, like the way they've written Superman now, he didn't used to be a god, but he's a god now. It, it negates the need for any other superhero. You go like, why is Batman struggling to arrest this bank robber? Like, why doesn't Superman just do it? And across the world on the other side, when some other superhero is dealing with something, why doesn't Superman just do it? He could just take care of it all. You know, so it it, it does. But that, yeah, I guess smartly, that's why they had to go like, well, these ultra powerful characters deal with otherworldly villains and then now you have the, you know, street level guys like, you know, for DC it would be, you know, Batman and, um, and these guys and, you know, and Marvel, you got like whatever Daredevil and shit like that. So, you know, it's, it's a way to do it, but ultimately you go like, well, if these incredibly powerful people exist, there's no need for everybody else, which is true. But anyway, uh, I, I think I will, I'm going to look up, um, you know, some of the best uh, Wanda and Vision stories and see what I can find and read it. Oh, speaking of reading, I uh, I bought The Hobbit for my son. You know, he's 
five. He'll be six in a couple months. And um, I bought this uh, hardcover illustrated version of The Hobbit. It's not like super illustrated. It's, you know, there's a handful of pictures every once in a while. There's, you know, on the corner of the page, there's a drawing and stuff. Um, it was such a big moment for me. Like, you know, the Tolkien stuff, well, especially not so much in The Hobbit, but especially in The Lord of the Rings, in particular, the first book, The Fellowship of the Ring, the first half of the first book, I should say. Um, it's very wordy. Like he, you know, he's a linguist. He loves language so much. So it's like really overindulgent use of names and places. And like he, he gets, you know, it, it subsides later as the story goes on. But um, The Hobbit doesn't have that. And The Hobbit is, to be fair, more of a kid's book anyway. So I started reading it to him. And it was like a really big deal. This world was like really transformative for me when I was in, I, just, I got into Tolkien in high school, like ninth grade or something, maybe. And uh, it changed my life. Like the, I'd never really read fantasy before. And this is, you know, the creator of fantasy. And um, it, it changed the way I looked at things, the way I spoke. I mean, it, it just, uh, it spoke to me so much. And I read everything. Uh, some stuff has come out recently that I haven't read. But, you know, as far as like The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, Silmarillion, The Unfinished Tales, like, I, uh, yeah, it's amazing. I've read all of them, you know, more than once. So started with this and uh, he, he wanted to make, we make our bookmarks. And he really likes Sonic EXE, this like scary version of Sonic. So we made this uh, this bookmark of Sonic.exe. Can you see that? Yeah. Super creepy Sonic with sharp teeth and blood all coming out of his eyes. So that's our new bookmark. And uh, we, we had this really amazing exchange last night. We were reading. Um, it was right when the dwarves start coming up to Bilbo's house. And uh, so I said, that's a dwarf. And he was like, a dwarf? It's like, no, a dwarf. And he said, dwarf? You know, he's five. So it's like DW, dwarf, is a, a complicated sound. And for like five minutes, I'm like, dwarf. And he's like, dwarf? Dwarf. And we were laughing hysterically. We were laughing so hard. And I'd be like, duh, dwarf. And he'd be like, duh, dwarf. Yeah, dwarf. Dwarf. And we, and we were both laughing. Like we both knew how funny it was and how silly it was. And then this carried on. Like once we finished reading, we go into bed. And we'd start doing it again. It was the best. It was so much fun. Like our, my life with my son, it's inherently heartbreaking and sad because he's not here all the time. Like I, I have to watch him leave every week. Um, but, you know, we do like, it's 50-50, my custody split with him, but... Um, while he's here, our life is just nonstop curiosity and uh, whimsy and laughing and discussion and music and art and creativity. Like it's it's just it's everything. And I think about while he certainly has some struggles to deal with that he will you know going back and forth between two houses is hard i had to do it for a little while um not as much as him my dad really wasn't around that, like that but i know and people comment on it on it a lot who see he and i together like just how much love it is and it's it's it, it's so amazing to be a part of it. I, and I'm so grateful that I get to feel these things too because I didn't grow up like that. Um, not that it was all bad, but I didn't grow up like this. So I get to experience these things too and, and, and give it to the most import, important person in my life, in the world to me ever. It's really cool. And I find myself like coming outside of my body as these things are happening and looking at them with such appreciation and, and love. And, and also like, I feel a tremendous amount of sadness. Like I miss these times as they're happening. 
Not to say that I take myself out. I don't. I'm, I'm in it. But I, I, when I catch my breath, I'm sad that I know that it's not going to be this way forever. It'll turn into something else beautiful and amazing, um, which I'm very excited for also. But, you know, the way you are when you're five is not the same you are when you're 15 or 25 or 35, etc. But it'll turn into something else great, which I'm also very excited for. But it is... Um, there is a certain amount of um, uh, continuous mourning when you're a parent because these stages are so different when he's a baby and he's just like this lump and then it changes and now he's got thoughts and opinions and but he's still... He just wants to melt into you all the time. And then that'll change. But I know, like, I'm very confident in the fact that, one, because I know who I am and and how I want to be as a father. But because the relationship we've built is so strong that, like, even when it does change and he's more independent, and, and I, I give him a lot of independence now, too. But um, that a piece of this will always be here. Like, I'm very confident in that and, and grateful. So anyway, we had this amazing moment where we are just cackling at uh, his inability to say dwarf and, <laughs> and just the tones of our voices as we were doing it. It was great. Um, yeah. I'm going to end on that. I, uh, I'll end on a happy note. Thank you for listening. Welcome to Porb <laughs> and bye. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit that like and subscribe. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review. Um, please consider doing both. Um, if you're watching on, um, if you're watching on YouTube, please consider liking and subscribing. If you're, uh, listening on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, please rate and review. Uh, I would, I would really appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, have a great week. I have some big news coming up soon. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting that out to you also. And, uh, yeah, be well, do good, make healthy choices.